Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the St. Louis All Local Podcast. Here are today's stories from the KMOX Newsroom. This is Monday, April 17th. I'm Megan Lynch. I'm Debbie Monterey. And I'm Tom Ackerman. The case against Kim Gardner is set for a hearing this week, the first public hearing since Missouri's Attorney General filed a petition to remove the St. Louis Circuit Attorney from office. Tuesday's hearing is somewhat of a wrestling match, maybe even a mud wrestling match. Both sides will be maneuvering for position to try to win the case that lies ahead. Lawyers from both sides will argue over the pending motions. There's Gardner's motion to have the case dismissed. Her other motions to nullify subpoenas that ask her to hand over certain documents as evidence or have members of her staff submit to pre-trial questioning under oath. Attorney General Andrew Bailey is not expected to attend, but his staff of lawyers will be there. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. A spokesperson for Kim Gardner tells KMOX it's not known whether she will attend the hearing. Another prosecutor announced Friday she's leaving the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office, citing a toxic work environment. That means Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner only has three attorneys left on staff to try violent felony cases. KMOX political analysts Hancock and Kelly discussed the matter on Total Information AM Sunday and what it might mean for Gardner's next run for office in 2024. Democrat Michael Kelly said Gardner's situation isn't much different than former President Donald Trump has. Kim Gardner seems to be in free fall and she's, in, she's got this incompetence. She also has this ridiculous hero status that, that's being taken up by many who think she's fighting the good fight against people who are out to get her. Republican John Hancock. You know, ultimately the problem isn't so much her as it is the people that are sending her uh, to a, a job that she's clearly not capable of doing. Gardner has pushed back against attempts from Attorney General Andrew Bailey to get her to resign. Brad Choate, KMOX News. Some 200 people gathered in Keener Plaza downtown Sunday afternoon to protest the recent passage of transgender transition care being banned in Missouri. Also last week, Attorney General Andrew Bailey issued a ruling requiring minors seeking transgender health care to be required to go through 18 months of therapy before receiving treatment. That rule will take effect April 27th. In the aftermath of this weekend's mass shootings, Missouri legislature faces several firearms issues in the final weeks of this year's legislative session. The Republican-controlled legislature has advanced several firearm rights measures. A Senate-passed bill pending in the House would exempt firearm and ammunition from the sales tax. And there are other bills to prohibit state and local enforcement of federal so-called red flag laws for confiscation of a firearm. But there are other bills to expand court powers to confiscate firearms. And there's one bill that directly relates to public schools approved by the House and pending in the Senate as a measure that would expand the number of public school employees who could carry firearms on school grounds. From Missouri's capital, Phil Brooks, KMOX News. St. Louis police say they had an officer-involved shooting in the 6800 block of Balson Avenue in University City overnight. That's where a SWAT team had a standoff with a suspect. The shooting's still under investigation. The initial call was for shots fired at a residence. The Southern District of Illinois has a program through the Department of Justice that you may not be familiar with. It was started in 1982, and it's called the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Forces Operation. 
OSEF's goal is to be a prosecutor-led task force that has federal, state, local, and federal prosecutors to take down large criminal networks. Amanda Fisher is the supervisor for that unit. Historically, it's been seen as a tool to combat drug trafficking, but it's broader than that. It's really to combat criminal networks. So sometimes it's drug trafficking, but it can be any sort of large criminal network that's threatening the country. OSEP's program is embedded in every U.S. attorney's office. Also embedded into several different federal law enforcement agencies as well. OSEP's primary focus is on federal prosecutions with the help of federal, state, and local law enforcement. Maria Aquino, KMOX News. The National Weather Service says seven tornadoes touched down Saturday in the bi-state area. Category EF1 tornadoes in Fenton and Peavely in Missouri and Illinois, Belleville and Hackers saw the same. EF0 twisters reported in Hillsborough, Missouri and Swansea, uh, Swansea and Valmeyer, Illinois. Ameren, Illinois and Missouri continuing restoration efforts in the bi-state. As of now, in Illinois, more than 1,700 still without power. And in Missouri, it's about 3,100. At the height of the storm Saturday night in Missouri, there were more than 33,000 customers without power. Illinois fared a bit better with under 10,000 outages. KMOX Virtual Consumer Editor, Megan Lynch. There's a good chance your child's school is tracking every keystroke of their electronic lives. Schools say it's for safety. Critics fear it may cause more harm than good. This week on KMOX, the pros and cons of student monitoring. You're listening to S is for Surveillance. Most students don't actually know that they're being surveilled. Rachel Franz is education manager at Fair Play, a nonprofit skeptical of the promises of big tech. Surveys show an increasing number of school districts are deploying programs to monitor what students do online. That has Franz and others pulling the alarm. When it comes to your child's safety online, um, this type of surveillance is not necessary to keep them safe. Watchdogs argue this type of electronic oversight is an overreach. They say it's treading on the rights of students, that it's creating an atmosphere that could actually hamper learning. Yet educators are struggling to address a mental health crisis. Schools face continued threats of violence, tragedy in their halls. This was the morning of October 24th when a shooter entered a St. Louis high school with 600 rounds of ammunition, killing a student and a teacher. You can see in their faces and the way they talk that they are flushed, their bloodstreams are flushed with adrenaline, they're jittery, they're taking short, shallow breaths. They just went through something very scary. To watch these students who were obviously having to climb out of windows of the upper stories of the school and run across adjacent roofs to get down. I've seen kids trying to climb up, you know, what are very large chain link fences to try to get out. About six people, including the suspect, were taken to the hospital with injuries ranging from gunshot wounds to shrapnel injuries. And they tell the story of how they were on one floor and they could hear the shooting from the floor below. They thought, here we go, because it's a part of our culture now. To try and avert another crisis, districts are turning to outside tech companies. Schools in the St. Louis region tell KMOX 
They're paying anywhere from $30,000 to $95,000 a year for online monitoring services. In return, these companies promise to shield students from harmful content and to identify young people at risk. How do they do it? Some block websites, others allow teachers to see and even shut down what's happening on a student's device. Many use algorithms to flag words that might indicate a child is in crisis or contemplating harm. Only one of these companies agreed to talk to KMOX for this report. Bark is technology that helps keep children safer online and in real life. That's Titiana Jordan, chief parenting officer with Bark Technologies. The company boasts millions of interventions in cases involving bullying and self-harm. The rate at which children are experiencing cyberbullying, online predation, uh, suicidal ideation, drug and alcohol content, body image and eating disorder issues, they're all increasing. Um, and that, that's a problem. Bark started as a platform for parents to monitor what their children were doing on their personal electronic devices. Now Bark is used by more than 3,300 school districts in the United States. Every day at Bark, we are sending, right now, the average is around 100 severe self-harm and suicidal ideation alerts each day. Now that is across both our parent product and our school product, um, but that's truly sobering. One of Bark's success stories, its software detected an online predator from Europe trying to lure middle school girls into sending sexually explicit photos through an app. Jordan stresses they don't want to be considered spyware. We don't recommend you using Bark without informing the children that you're using it, whether it is, you're the parent or you're the school sister. If you haven't heard of Bark, what about Gaggle, GoGuardian, Securely, or LineWise? Elizabeth Laird is with the Center for Democracy and Technology. We found one in five parents were unsure if their school used this kind of technology. You can pretty much bet your school is using some form of digital control. KMOX sent a survey to districts in the St. Louis region. Many were forthcoming with information for our reports. Here's what we learned. All of the schools that responded to our survey say they monitor websites, content, or online communication by students on district-owned devices. More than 80% of schools tell KMOX they're using programs that send administrators alerts. That means they actively scan what students do on their keyboard, keypad, and mouse. If that online surveillance suggests there's a risk of self-harm, suicide, bullying, or violence, the software will alert administrators, possibly even law enforcement. Is it a lifeline? To me, I feel like that's a call for help because they're told your online activity is monitored. Or have educators crossed the line? We really need to rethink this idea that we need to know every single thing that our kids are doing every moment. We explore those issues this week on KMOX. St. Louis All Local is produced by the KMOX News Team. Subscribe to the All Local on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.